everyone, welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands, I'm the Head of Content at B2B Marketing, and I'm joined today by Kathy Schneider, who is CMO at KX, who are a leader in time series and streaming data analytics. So Kathy, thanks for joining me today. Um, first things first, can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into marketing in the first place? Yeah, well, thanks very much um, for having me. Um, I uh, came up a a bit of a different route. I studied international politics and economics um, with the goal of going into the foreign service uh, and university. Um, And then I decided I didn't want to work in the government sector. Um, I had done a certificate program in international business. uh, So I had dip my toe in the world of business. And um, a professor actually very helpfully uh, counseled me that I could go into business for an international career instead, which is something I was very interested in. And um, so I actually at the time also had friends that they were in marketing uh, for consumer goods, and I really liked what they were doing. I just found their experiences very interesting. In fact, you know, sometimes we, we'd be talking and they would talk about their you know, price checks and all of these things. Uh, and I decided I wanted to try it. So I did interviews and got a very entry level position as a marketing assistant with Kraft Foods in Mexico. Fantastic. So what we're here to talk about today is, is obviously the kind of the, the advice you have to share for those senior marketers who are you know, trying to get to that next level, kind of take that step from the kind mm-hmm. of practical execution of things and onto that really strategic C-suite level. Um, because I think a lot of marketers can get to that point where they're in control of a lot of interesting projects, they have a lot of mm-hmm. responsibilities. But as I say, it's making that step to the, the CMO role is, is the real challenge. So how did you personally manage to make that step up to CMO? And what challenges did you face in making that step? Yeah, and I think that that's a good point, um, you know, about when people get to that level and how to make that change. Um, I think that breadth of experience is very important for stepping up into a CMO role. Um, And also very important is demonstrating strategic impact and not just tactical execution. Um, So for example, some people get very good at one particular thing like either field marketing or demand gen or brand. Um, but they haven't done other areas like brand, you know, if they did one, they didn't do brand or if they're all in brand. And so you can become an expert, but in that one domain, and sometimes it's because people enjoy it. And sometimes it's people don't like to leave their comfort zone. And so, um, while you become known for being fantastic in that, in your own company, uh, the downside is you won't look like you have that that breadth of experience. And as a CMO, you're really having to um, understand, if not be an expert in all those other areas. So I would say getting experience and scale um, is really helpful. <clears throat> so the scale bit is sometimes at a smaller company, what they'll find attractive is that you've been in a bigger environment, right? And they're looking for people who can bring uh, that in, that they know how to get the larger team, um, the dynamic, right? To really run that kind of a, a bigger team. So I would say sometimes it's 
good to be a smaller fish in a large pond, right, to be in a larger company <clears throat> where you might not have the titles, the seniority, but you're developing because the company's larger. You can develop skills, you can get multiple experiences and demonstrate you had scale. And that was a little bit of my route. Um, I had been at Kraft for a while, but then at Dell, and I had a recruiter reach out for a CMO role at, at Critio when I was there. And it was because of the breadth of experience. I was I also demonstrated scale where I was having experience with bigger teams, even though they didn't have a big team at the time. Um, and then the strategic impact was important because um, I had been um, leading marketing for Dell's strategic shift into the channel. Um, so I think those are just some real examples from, from my experience that I think prove that, you know, that that's an important way to think about it. Um, and then your, you know, your second question about the um, the step into CMO and what challenges do you face in, in that step? And um, I think, um, you know, one of the challenges is you're now reporting to a CEO. And I think that's probably the biggest one for CMOs, especially when you're first CMO in having to um, operate both at the tactical level of your team and what the team needs to get done to deliver on a marketing plan, but also at the strategic level. And that's where the CEO and his reports, that's where they want to converse. And it's being able to make that shift is, is, can be a challenge and it's, but it's the big step. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the breadth of experience is really important, but do you think that breadth of experience only applies to skills within marketing? So, you know, experience in ABN, experience in brand, uh, experience in email marketing, or do you think it expands to the whole organization? So, you know, experience in sales, for instance, or um, perhaps experience on, um, you know, in, in HR or, or something along those lines. Um, I agree. I do think that those other experiences can be leveraged. And if you're looking at a CMO position, talking about them as adding to your breath, um, I think it is important to have broad marketing experiences, but they certainly would also help because what, what you want to show or demonstrate when you're at that CMO level is that you can operate outside your comfort zone, right? That you can take on something that you might not have done for long and you can figure it out. You can problem solve. You can help the people who are an expert achieve an outcome in that area because when you're operating at that C level, you're really leveraging talent around you to achieve something. And so that's very transferable. So if you took a position or rose up and demonstrated that in another area, absolutely you can leverage that into your conversations around a CMO position. Yeah, fantastic. So as we say, experience is, is key, but what specific advice would you give to a senior marketer? Let's take a, a head of marketing as an example, who might be, who might be listening to this very episode, mm -hmm. um, and they're thinking, you know, they want to make that step to CMO. What, what precise things would you tell them to do to, to focus on first and foremost? Yeah. So based on my experience, right, these, <laughs> these are some others might have a different one, but I, and, and I do mentor people and, and have similar conversations, actually. I'd say first, look at the inventory of your experiences and ask yourself, um, what, what are you a specialist in? Okay. Like what, what can you demonstrate that you really bring that is expertise? And if it's a bit too narrow, 
good example is people that rise up through small or medium-sized organizations and have only literally done field marketing, as an example, then you may need to broaden first and find a role that does that and go try something new um, and push yourself before expecting to go straight up one pipe, right? If you think of, you know, these analogies. Um, and I think that's that's one that a lot of people, maybe they don't realize because they're advancing over their years and they're finding, oh, well, I'm being promoted. But if sometimes, and, and, and they don't want to do a lateral, okay? So, but the downside is sometimes you get promoted straight up. And when you get to the most senior position in that, you're now, you're now going to find it hard to move into another area because you're almost too senior to move without any of the experience there. Whereas sometimes if you take that lateral position and to learn, you're in the right level of that other organization and they're, they're willing to have you come in and learn there, right? So that's, that's something that's really specific and, you know, and, and people should, think about this because I know um, it's, you know, it can be tough to go into an area that you just, you didn't think you'd want to do, but it is important. Um, the other thing is CMOs are always going to be held accountable for pipeline and revenue results. So if you haven't done a role that demonstrates this, that's something important to look at and at least see what is close enough and transferable in what you have done. But I would put that at the top of the list, right? Given the relevance to a CEO and your peer CRO. Um, in fact, I'd be shocked during an interview process for a CMO position if you were not asked, um, have you been accountable for um, for uh, a P&L, right? For delivery of revenue and tell me about that. So I think that's something that someone has to really consider and, you know, look in the mirror and say, okay, can I really um, step up to that and answer that? Um, third one is, I'd say, building network and visibility. I think that's a fantastic thing people can do by um, both inside their organizations, but outside your organizations. Some specific things I recommend to people are uh, be, get out there, participate in conferences. That's a great way to raise your visibility. Um, for example, speaking on panels, either representing your own company or at an industry conference, um, being a speaker uh, related to marketing itself. Um, but I think you know the the key is having your profile demonstrate that you've made an impact on the businesses where you've been. You have this good balance of experience in a few critical areas, um, but that you also can show you can deliver those pipeline and revenue uh, results. Absolutely. So, well, thank you for that. Hopefully um, our listeners find that, you know, some really useful information that they can actually just take there and, and put into play straight away. On that, um, that third point, networking, um, it's worth uh, noting to our audience that at B2B Marketing, we do have something called Propolis, which is our community intelligence platform. Um, I won't spend all day speaking about Propolis to you, uh, but Propolis is a great place to meet some of your peers in marketing and, and learn from you know, other CMOs and, and learn how, how they got to their, uh, their position and some of the challenges they face along the way. So if um, you, know, you do need some help kind of finding right people to learn from, Propolis is a great place to do that and I will leave a link in the description. Um, but back to, back to the topic, um, you know, if marketing 30 years ago was all about, let's say, you know, creative, it was all about doing cool adverts and, you know, making a, a big splash in the market mm -hmm. and some cool branding. Um, 
it, today it often feels like it's quite a lot about the data, which can is is you know the polar opposite in some ways. Um, do you think that's is, well? Is that something you agree with? And what do you think that means for marketers with ambitions to become a CMO? Do they need to be more data literate than ever before? So, I would say, I think creative is still important because uh, our target prospects are inundated more than ever now, and creative is important because it grabs attention and helps you cut through. Um, so I would say the relevance and importance is still there. And we all know this just if you think about how you respond to your own inbox and digital activities that are targeting us, right? Yourself, myself. Um, however, I would say that I absolutely agree that marketing is now very much about data, but I think they're related because the data now is helping determine what marketing programs and tactics and creatives are really having the right impact on the business to help achieve the goals. Um, so I think data is relevant for the creative as well. If you think about what we can see now <clears throat> about how different creatives are performing and make adjustments on the fly, I mean, it's incredible, right? And I remember back when I first started in marketing, uh, you would come up with a cool, what you thought was a great creative with your ad agency. Literally, I was in Mexico City. It would be on billboards. Had no idea, right? You had, you know, or it would be running, um, you know, out there. We didn't have the digital at the time. So now when you think of the ability to utilize that data to understand the impact of the creative and make these adjustments, this idea of agile marketing, where you're not putting something out and have to wait six months and then hope it succeeds but you know within days right what's what what needs an adjustment that is super powerful and i think um you know that's something that is really important for cmos to understand now for that reason i'm a huge believer in the power and the value of marketing operations and i've always built those organizations um, or teams inside my organization and i think marketers who aspire to be a cmo should really understand marketing operations and be able to demonstrate that they're data driven yeah, I think I completely agree. In fact, that was one of the things that came out of our conference earlier this year, Martechopia, mm -hmm. is this concept that, you know, there's so much tech out there now. There's more than ever, and it goes up every single year. And all of this technology is, is brilliant in its own mm -hmm. right. You know, it allows you to collect data on every imaginable touch point. But there becomes a point where you start thinking, oh, God, is this too much? Is it mm -hmm. overwhelming? Is it actually serving me? Yeah. And I think marketing operations, having that whether it's a whole function or just one marketing operations person in place mm -hmm. can really help marketers to actually streamline their tech stack for one mm -hmm. and make sure it's all, you know, it's all working in the, in the right direction and it's, it's easily usable. Is that something you'd agree with? Yes, I think. And the word streamline definitely, because a lot of times you're right, you're inundated. What helps me, and this is just like a little tip, you know, <laughs> take it for what you will. Sometimes when we're struggling, we have like so much data, it's like reverse engineer. So you almost want to write down the thing you're trying to understand, like the answer, and then work backwards. Like, what do I need? What data do I need to go answer that one question? So, because I think it's easy to jump right into the charts, the figures, and then you're trying to figure out what is it telling me? Instead, flip it and go, I want to know exactly this. And if I could write, if I could create that, that update, this is what I would do and have blanks and then go figure out how to fill them in rather than start with all the data you're overwhelmed with. 
and teasing out all the info. Um, it's like, what do you want to know? Because I think that's a really good point. I think CMOs and marketing teams in general are a bit overwhelmed these days with with so much that they can use. Yeah, completely agree. And uh, just a note to our audience, say that if you want to learn a little bit more about marketing operations before we move on, um, we do have a full report on the subject within Propolis, but there's also a, a light version available as well. So I'll leave a link for that in the description. And you can, oh, that's great. You can, yeah, you can read away at your leisure. And then if you, if you want some more uh, on marketing operations, just reach out and, and we'll see what we can do. But Kathy, moving on, um, we've spoken a lot about, you know, the aspiring CMO, but let's move on to the, the current CMO. So let's, let's take a, a fictional CMO, Joe Bloggs. Um, and Joe has joined his, his new team, but he's got to build, uh, you know, he's got to build the right team. He's got to build a team that works for him. So what would your advice be for this new CMO who's just joined a new company and is looking to, you know, well, as I say, build a strong team? Yeah. Um, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Um, well, as a CMO, I would say first, you're really leading senior people typically um, toward a common goal and you're really mobilizing their talent and their team's talent. Um, so I'd say first, definitely, if you have gaps, you know, let's say, number one, always look to hire people smarter than you. I think it's super important. Each one of the areas across marketing is a specialty in and of itself. You know, um, there are people that are domain experts in there. So that's always fantastic to really get those skills because no one expects a CMO to be the answer, you know, have the answer to each part of the marketing mix. Right. But you you're bringing together the team to to mobilize that information and then be able to act on it. Um, now, the other thing I would say is when you join a new company, I have found in my experience that can be mixed feedback on the teams and people you take on, right? And this is definitely the case. Companies will look for a new CMO and then you come in and there's a lot of feedback. What I have found is it's important to be open-minded and assess the strengths of the current team because they really have good deep knowledge of the business, the competitors, the, you know, the products that you have. And sometimes people will actually have good skills, but they lacked leadership to help them be their best. So I, I'm, I definitely am not one to say, you know, assume you've got to build a whole new team. And, you know, I, I really have found over my experience that often there's people who um, are much stronger than they are perceived to be. And it, it's the support that they need for, you know, for bringing that out. And, and that's a key part of leadership, right? Um, so I, I would say that's one. Um, the other thing is it's very cross-functional marketing. I mean, in general, businesses tend to be very cross-functional these days, but marketing, you know, absolutely. So I would say also you want to have very strong team players. And if you, when you come in, you have a team where that's a key issue, that they're not a team player, then I would say that's a, definitely a big red flag. Even more important than expertise is people's ability to work together and um, want each other to succeed. Um, and so I would say that's super important. And then last but certainly not least is the ability for the for the team and marketing to, that can build relationships with sales and really um, see how their role is to enable sales. Um, and there's always that whole topic I'm sure you you cover on the you know the tension sometimes with sales and marketing. Uh, you know I just think it doesn't need to be there. I think you know mar good marketers will recognize sales have a very tough job and our role is to help them be successful and their success is our success. 
So I think that's an important attitude that you want in the people in your team. Mm. Uh, yeah, completely. And, you know, when it comes to managing that team on a, on a day-to-day basis, what advice do you have based on some of your own experience? Um, first, be very clear on goals and expectations. I think that gets underestimated and um, literally having it be written down, having it be really clearly articulated to the team, uh, that's important. Um, I would say also communicating regularly, having uh, a good cadence of engagement across the team, especially when you have distributed teams. I'm still surprised today how many other organizations around um, a business don't have monthly town halls, you know, or um, a regularity for the whole team to get together. And they kind of just expect the middle, your managers to just flow everything down. And it just doesn't happen that way. I think it's important as the CMO that you're also helping um, have the whole team understand where you're trying to get to um, and keep people engaged. So I think that's important. And then the last one I would say um, is uh, driving transparency of results and really encouraging a culture of learning and adjusting and not blaming, not have people feel like when you're doing your reviews of KPIs and something's not working, that it's like a grilling. It's not, right? The value is the lesson of what we can do differently. Everyone is typically working their hardest and trying to do well. So, um, for example, we have a monthly KPI review and I really drive that transparency of what's going well and what's not going well and no one's getting grilled. This is really genuinely to understand where we need to make adjustments to get the better outcomes. I think that's really important. Yeah, no, completely. And obviously, you know, the, the issue of managing a team or building a team is, is not something we're going to solve in, in one podcast, but um, <laughs> for all of our, for all our listeners, um, if this is something you do need some help in, or perhaps you just, you have some ideas of your own. Um, again, Propolis has a, an entire group within it uh, dedicated to the whole the whole topic of teams, resourcing, and, and DNI. So something to bear in mind if, if that's something you're interested. Oh, that yeah, that's excellent because that is really important for CMOs. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, it's it's. I think it's important for the CMO, but it's also important for those lower down as well. You know, it's not just it's not just a yeah, CMO that's a good issue, point. You know? Yeah, in many cases, it's it's um, the biggest team someone might have. Uh, managed for a while, right? So I think you're really, that's a very good point as in your team, in your, in your marketing team, as you're developing your talent, um, you know, how do you make sure that someone who's only managed two or three people, now you move them to a team of, you know, 10, 20, that's a big step, uh, not to be overlooked the support they need. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, on the, on the whole, topic of, of marketing and it's, it's the team and the, the, the role of it in the organization. I think marketers can sometimes face that sort of age old problem of, of just not being fully understood or respected mm. by their sales counterparts. Um, you know, in, in a lot of cases, that's beginning to change, of course. And I think COVID to an extent helped alleviate that. But do you think we're really any closer to this, this divide between marketing and sales being closed? I do think that it's changing. And I think it's because of um, the data. So back to the earlier um, question and and points that we were talking about. um, I think that is the common, uh, the common ground. Um, And when you think of the, the systems that are 
able to show that transparency of where you know how marketing is helping to build pipeline that is a that, that's really helpful because it takes away the personal opinions it takes away that you know one side thinks something's working and the other side thinks it's not working that tends to be where the tension um and so i think that these systems and the you know the data is able to just take that right off the table and have everybody focus in on the facts so um at the same time, it also helps CMOs demonstrate the impact on the business. So I do think that the more that um, the you know marketing leaders are showing impact on the business, that is going to inevitably drive that respect and help close that gap. Um, so you know I just think that's an important thing for for marketing leaders to spend their time on. Um, and if you don't, and you go to meetings with slides that show um, a lot of bullets and what looks like a list of activities, that's probably not helping. Whereas if you have at the very top of the slide, if we're going to talk tactics here and things to do, start with the impact, start with what the results are, then talk about how all of the great things you're doing to get there. I think that little thing it sounds so little but i've seen it really make a change in a meeting yeah i i can absolutely imagine and this leads into my next point actually which is around certainly in the uk at least um recession because it looks like it's it looks like mm -hmm. it's coming which is not fun um and you know historically marketing let, let's be honest has been one of the first things to be cut mm -hmm. despite the fact you know it is ultimately a growth driver it's not a cost center but sometimes you know it is perceived that way do you think there's anything that CMOs can actually do to prevent their teams being cut this time around, do you think? Well, you know, um, at the risk of sounding repetitive, I do think it is showing that business in impact and the data. Um, and I really think that we're in such a, um, a more powerful position because of having that data. And this is, again, why I'm such a big proponent of marketing operations, um, you know, because when you go have that conversation with this with the CFO, um, if it looks discretionary, right, uh, and he and they can't they can't see where the downside is of not having that, I can see where they're going to make that cut. Because on the flip side, what they see, if you take the example of a, a sales team, the value of the the cost of a sales team, they can link that very easily to their quota, the pipeline, and the booked closed deals. So um, marketing really needs to be able to show the, those those results because otherwise it will look discretionary. Um, and again, they're, they're not doing it because they don't like the activities, right? It's typically because it's a sense of, okay, what can I cut and not feel pain? So if their impression is there's not a lot of downside if I give that up, of course they're going to go there. Right. And you can you know, I can see that that looks very logical and rational if you're looking at just numbers. So that's why it is so important to have that information available and have a good relationship, by the way, day to day with Mark, with finance. Do not you know, don't wait until the cost issue comes up to have this regular relationship with the finance um, leaders. I think that's another one I would say. Um, you know, if, if you're not spending time with your CFO and having them understand what you're doing uh, all through the year, that's another, you know, no surprise that they're just going to 
if they need a cost cut, they don't know, right? You, you haven't gotten them bought into the overall marketing strategy and the marketing plan, and it's how it's helping. So I'd say that's another thing to be thinking about. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think, to, you know, I think to be fair, you know, really mature marketing departments are already doing that. You know, they already know that the data is key. They already know that they've got to be showing what marketing is delivering, not just, you know, showing the great creative that they're doing as well. But I also think there are a lot of organizations out there that, you know, then, then marketing isn't quite as mature. It's not quite as, um, as advanced as some organizations out there, let's say. And assuming those teams do unfortunately have their teams cut to a lesser degree or a greater mm -hmm. degree, where would you suggest that they focus their budget and resources in a, in a time of recession? Yeah. Um, so that's where I think um, you really need to think through and workshop what the priorities are and what is really driving the the business results in the PL. So typically it is your current customers, right? And so it is very important to understand um, what the you know retention rates are, what you know what that looks like so that um, you can make the right priorities. This always comes down in my experience because I, I absolutely have had to do this, right? So I have had to do this in every company, you know, if you look at my LinkedIn profile, you'll see I've been there, I feel the pain. And so what you have to come back to is prioritizing. And so what I would say is, um, on the one hand, you do want to focus on retaining customers. So if you're really, if your budgets are really constrained, you definitely don't want to lose customers that you already have, because we all know the acquisition cost is, is so much higher. However, the caveat to this when you're laying it all out and making those cuts or bringing those cuts to the table is you don't want to be short-sighted and allow competitors to jump ahead and then lose ground in the longer run. So for your new business um, part of your spend, I'd say you want to then look at the performance of various programs and channels and see if you can streamline across just based on pure performance. There always are things that are not working as effectively as others, right? And so that then you can put on the table. Um, and that way you're not just going at one group, oh, current customers versus new customers. I would say, look at what is performing low. The other thing I would say is you want to prioritize your new customer segments. So if, you're, if you want to protect some of the spend on your um, uh, acquisition, maybe it can't be on all seven segments, market segments, right? So then you want to partner with sales, um, let's say with the CRO and say, okay, where are the priorities to keep that investment going in the new customer track? Okay. And so that's where you, it's, so it becomes more of a priority, um, a prioritization exercise than just as simple as like, okay, I'm just going to cut across, across the board. What you don't want to do is peanut butter spread, right? You just, that, that doesn't make sense. So these are just some prioritization thought processes I go through. Yeah. And I think that's really, really good advice for everyone listening. Um, Kathy, I think that's about all we've got time to, to speak about today. But one thing I did want to mention just to our audience, um, our upcoming event, the Global ABM Conference is fast approaching. Um, and that takes place on the 2nd of November in London. So this one day conference is the place to learn about how shock ABM is evolving to meet changing buyer expectations from some of the world's most renowned thought leaders. And we've got speakers from corporate visions, 
um, the marketing practice, BT, and even Google, if you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to that, the conference is designed to help you build your own network of ABM practitioners, explore some of the latest trends and thinking in ABM tech, build and hone your own ABM skills, and ultimately, the, you know, the main thing above all, help drive growth for your business. Um, so if you'd like to find out more about the uh, Global ABM Conference, you can do so by clicking the link in the description. But Kathy, I think that's all for now. So thank you very much and uh, hopefully see you again soon. Thanks very much. Thanks and bye-bye.